Thanks for downloading this week's yachtsandyachting.com podcast. This week, I'm delighted to be talking to Hannah Mills, Olympic medalist and environmental campaigner. Hannah, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, we've got Tokyo just a few months off and everyone has their eyes on those Olympic Games. So you'll be competing with your partner, hoping to add another medal to your collection. And we'd love to hear a little bit more about your training. And I believe back in August, you were out testing the waters in Tokyo. Yeah, it's a really exciting time, obviously, um, sort of six months to go, which sounds really scary when I put it into months, um, to Tokyo 2020, uh, which is obviously just the most exciting time as a sort of Olympic athlete, that sort of last build-up preparation phase to the Olympic Games. Um, we've spent a lot of time out in Tokyo. Um, last summer, we had sort of six weeks total out there. We had our world championships on the Olympic waters and then sort of straight followed by the Olympic test event. Um, so, yeah, pretty busy. Uh, it's a really interesting venue. And like any Olympic venue, it provides some really interesting challenges to try and overcome. It's quite a unique destination, isn't it? And also, presumably, there's just a weather window that will echo the conditions that you'll experience in August. Yeah, well, unlike Rio um, at the 2016 Olympics, where actually we could train there pretty much all year round and get vaguely similar conditions to what we'd expect at the Olympic period. Um, Japan's really different in that there's actually sort of a six-week weather window um, where they have their proper summer period where it turns from sort of hot and rainy and humid to just really, really, really hot and humid mm. um, and sort of predominantly onshore, reasonable sea breezes, um, big waves. Um, amazing I mean amazing sailing conditions but um, with the heat and the humidity it's yeah there's a lot of a lot of challenges. I can imagine it's the Inoshima Yacht Harbour isn't it Um, and presumably you're getting some pretty big waves in from the Pacific. Yeah I mean the bay is open to the Pacific Ocean Uh, I'm not sure what the next bit of land is to be honest but it's a long way away so yeah huge waves we've had a couple of typhoons hit while we were there which has been um, a little bit scary, but uh, pretty awesome to see the sea state that kind of arises from those typhoons. Luckily for us, they've not been sort of huge, huge typhoons. When when we're there, it's kind of more the start of typhoon season. So we, we've not experienced the big ones. Good. Well, that's a relief. Um, and <laughs> also, well, fantastic that you've um, been training like that so hard. But also you're so known for your single mindedness and determination. And obviously those are incredibly important qualities in any successful sports person. And I know that you're now turning your focus to environmentalism and sustainability and conservation. And as an International Olympic Committee sustainability ambassador, I'd love to hear more about that. When did that start? When did you feel that you had to start getting more involved? Yeah, I guess um, as a sort of athlete, you grow up dreaming of whatever the sort of goal is. For me, it was always the Olympic Games and trying to win a gold medal there. And you know, everything I did was was to that one objective and, and trying to make that happen. So, yeah, that, I guess that's the single-mindedness mm. determination part. Um, but then as, as you maybe achieve your goals or, or, or you grow up a little bit and get older and your priorities and values maybe change slightly and... Um, that last Rio Olympic cycle, I started to become more and more aware of kind of noticing how much plastic and pollution and waste there was everywhere. I mean, Rio really opened my eyes to it. All the training we did there, mm. we'd kind of wade out through metres and metres of waste before we could kind of get out into the, the bay where we sailed. And it was just sort of eye-opening and, and heartbreaking. And obviously with the Blue Planet 2 coming out and um, the more I read about it and 
the more it kind of just made me think, my God, this is this is a huge, huge problem. Mm. Um, and I thought, actually, as, as an athlete, I, I kind of have um, a platform to maybe be able to try and do something more about it than... Um, than just kind of going on, oh, this is a big problem. Yeah, than just worrying about it. <laughs> well, so, it is, uh, I think also yeah. when it hits you, you know, it's obviously incredibly dramatic and shocking. If you're wading out in waves and you're having to dodge plastic and, you know, things that are polluting the seas. And I suppose as sailors, we're all hyper aware of the impact that plastics have on the sea because it's all around us whenever we're on the water. You know, whether you're on the yeah, Solent yeah. or whether you're in Tokyo or you're training in Palmer or whatever. And, and that single-use plastic, which um, is, has such a dramatic impact on our seas, um, and that obviously has led to you launching your um, big plastic pledge, yeah. So tell me more yeah, about well, that. Yeah, well, I guess um, I wanted to sort of look at my Olympic campaign. Um, you know, I was going to, I decided I wanted to compete for Tokyo 2020 and go again. And um, Saskia Clark, my partner for London and Rio, retired. And um, I had a new partner, Ailey McIntyre, um, who was also really passionate um, about the sort of plastics and sustainability. So we wanted to look at our Olympic campaign and just say, okay, well, Obviously, a lot of what we do isn't particularly environmentally friendly, um, but there's a lot that we do that we could change. And it mostly came around single-use plastics. Um, and that felt like something we had a massive control over and mm. that there were alternatives out there that we could switch. And so we kind of came up with a, a bunch of things we wanted to change within our campaign, either things we could do right there and then or things we wanted to find solutions to. Um and then I just thought, actually, it'd be really cool if the rest of the sailing community and uh, the sports people and the sports industry as a whole could do the same. Um, I think sport as a platform and as a vehicle you know, is so inspirational and has the ability to change so many people's behaviour through the magical moments that sport creates. Um, and I thought we could harness that and, and put that into something environmental, then that would be pretty incredible. So, yeah, we, we came up with a pledge uh, that we wanted to do and, and then through a meeting with um, um, a manager of sustainability at the IOC, um, linked in with them and it kind of all took off and, and we launched the big plastic pledge uh, back in September 2019. Fantastic. And just that leadership and inspiration that sports people create is so influential, whether you're a fan following a team or an individual, um, and the fact that you're, you can harness that. When you think about how many people watched the Rio Games in 2016, it was, you know, billions um, I think it's a sort of truly inspirational and a very practical way to go about things. And I was looking at your website and seeing that it's not just about lamenting the state of the oceans, but it's giving people the tools to go out and take practical steps. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, you know, our, our sailing community and uh, particularly probably in the UK, I think the awareness is growing and there is a lot more people, um, you know, open to, to changing habits and, and you know, putting solutions in place that does reduce their single-use plastics. But the more we travel around and I speak to people from different countries and, and see different countries and their attitudes to single-use plastics in particular, the more I think actually we're almost in a bubble of, of our level of awareness perhaps. And so the more we can show what we are doing and what we're changing, the more mm. other people will go, oh, God, there is solutions out there and, and actually this is a massive problem and we can do something too. Yeah, and I think that's, as you say on your website, whether that's refusing plastic straws, taking your own water bottles, but also lobbying sports clubs and events to do the same. Um, you know, so often you go to a regatta and the first thing you're given in your race pack is a, a plastic bottle. And by 
you know, one step at a time, you know, things, obviously it would be easier if things were going more quickly, but it does sound like there's a lot of inspiring advice that people can follow. Um, and I think it would be great to know more how our listeners can get involved in that. Yeah, I mean, I mean don't, don't get me wrong, like, you know, us changing our behaviours and habits, it is a small impact, but, you know, obviously everyone doing a small something is adds up to quite a huge, uh, huge change. I was just going to say, um, it's, by using your website, there's some very practical advice on there, and it would be brilliant to know how listeners can get involved. Yeah, definitely. So um, it, it's a really simple concept. Uh, it's www.bigplasticpledge.com. Um, there's some information on there around plastics problem and solutions, but the big part is to go to the pledge page. Um, there's nine different pledges. Obviously, we'd love everyone to be able to tick all nine, um, but it's kind of interactive. You know, we, we've chosen... Uh, number three uh, that people have to choose to take part in the Big Plastic Pledge um, and that was to make sure that it was globally accessible um, it was something I, the IOC were really conscious of to make sure that you know anyone no matter where they were from their background could could make three simple changes and be part of the Big Plastic Pledge so yeah go on the website take your own pledge um, there's information about each different one on the website um, what it requires you to do and, and sign up and get involved. And the more people that do that, the more we'll spread the word, the more the movement will grow and the more power they'll have and impact we'll have to be able to change um, other sporting events and, and brands' behaviour. Well, I think the combination of sports people, athletes and fans following is a huge force for good. Um, so I would encourage everybody to have a look at um, the website Big Plastic Pledge. Um, and Hannah will be following your progress not only in Tokyo but also with this fantastic project and best of luck with it and many thanks for talking to us today on this week's yachtsandyachting.com podcast. Awesome, thanks so much for having me.